Welcome, everyone, to a little end-of-the-year fireside chat. I'm your host, Luke W. Russell, and today, on this Break Week episode of Lawful Good, I wanted to reflect on the year and where we've come, and in a little more so, we did a little bit of this uh, on our first Break Week episode, but I'm looking to take you a little more behind the scenes in this one. So let's start with the beginning. And that's January 1st. Literally not. It feels like, (laughs) oh, just convenient that uh, I'm doing this end of the year thing. And it was January 1st, but literally January 1st last year, I'm sitting there with a notepad and I'm actually going through a Gallup strengths report. And I was like, how do I use these strengths? And how do I make a difference? And what is the difference I want to make? I don't just want to promote Russell Media, our advertising agency. I want to go out and forge relationships. I want to impact people's lives. And as an individual who, when I first came into this industry, I thought personal injury lawyers were ambulance chasers. And I fell in love with this industry. I fell in love with the work that lawyers do. I have such a deep appreciation for the advocacy and standing up for someone else. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And so I wanted to do a podcast to affirm lawyers as lawyers. Now, I came up with this idea among other ideas, and I come up with a lot of ideas. Maybe you're like that. And I brought it to my team. And I remember uh, my director of marketing, I pitched this to her and she said something like, you know, I honestly didn't expect to think your answers to my questions would be that great, but I like it. Let's do it. So we moved forward with this. We decided on January 4th of this year, 2021, we would move forward with this project and enlisted Kirsten to be the producer. And she really just spearheaded the research and like, what, what is, <laughs> how do you do a podcast? You know, like, how do you, uh, what's, what's all this mean? You know, sure. You can see the end result, but how do we do it? And then we also had to come up with a name. <laughs> and this is where I, I went looking through our treasure trove of documents here. And we had a bunch of, of names and I wanted to share a few of this name ideas. I'm just going to go through them. Uh, Chasing ambulances, a real conversation with lawyers. Yeah, no, we really didn't want to lean into the ambulance thing. But again, ideas. Heroes of legendical, of the legendical legal system. I don't even know if that's a word. I'm sure it's a word because of seeing, I can see who put it in this document, but um, (laughs) love it. Uh, Legends of the American justice system. So grandiose. American heroes, tales of lawyers. Lunchtime with lawyers, <laughs> champions of the justice system, or advocates for justice, or what lawyers really do, or um, the attorney journey and lawful good, legal legends, interviews with lawyers, raising the bar, stories from America's lawyers, uh, bench test, civil action heroes on the docket, inspirational attorneys. Lawyer stories to live by. Lawyers unite. 
legal tales, stories of standing up for rights, saving America, attorneys who hold up America, or champions of the courtroom, authentic attorneys, stories from America's lawyers. We had a range of words and, and ideas. As you can see, uh, this all over the place. And, and a lot of these, you know, I don't like at all, but that's kind of the point of brainstorming. We actually narrowed it down to four, raising the bar, legal legends, lawful good, and the attorney journey. Once we got to these four, uh, raising the bar, I think, was taken by someone else. Uh, and then legal legends sounds like League of Legends, which is one of the world's most played video games, which I love. Um, but legal legends just didn't work. So we had attorney journey and lawful good. The attorney journey, eventually we just nixed it. We said it just sounded too childish. And so here we go. We had lawful good. And the funny part is of all this, lawful good is actually a Dungeons and Dragons reference. But I did not know that, nor did Kirsten. Neither of us play D&D when we were going through this process. And so that's kind of the fun thing. We ended up with lawful good. And here we are. Now, let's look at the timeline. So, you know, like I said, January 1st, I have the idea. January 4th, it's affirmed. Then we, you know, sometime late January, early February, we settle on the name. And on February 15th, we, um, through a colleague, we were introduced to Mike Papantonio and Anna Andrews to invite them onto our show. And I remember Kirsten and I were writing our follow-up emails and I thought, oh my goodness, Kirsten, how are we going to have unique questions to ask people? Like, again, we, we want to tell these people stories. And there's only so much to read on the internet. And, and especially some of these lawyers don't have books about them or they don't have lots of interviews we can go read. So how do we do this? I said, you know what? Let's just, let's ask to interview people from their life. And so we did. It wasn't part of the initial plan, but last minute we were like, you know what? Let's toss this in there. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's see what happens. And everyone complied. Everyone was more than happy to introduce us to their colleagues. And that was such an important choice we made in hindsight when we look back and see like, wow, that has fundamentally altered how we approach our questions. Then on March 10th, I had my very first interview ever, and it's with Mike Papantonio. And, you know, I just, I was nervous. <laughs> I'd never interviewed anyone before in my life. And, and, and what do I know about this? And, and how's this going to go? And oh my gosh, I was so, I was so nervous. Uh, but it went great. It went fantastically. So then over the next few months, we conducted lots of interviews. Probably I think we had like 13 interviews uh, complete before we hit our launch date of June 9th, which is when we released episodes one, two, and three. And the reception was so amazing. Getting comments from lawyers around the country and our guests had such glowing praise. They were so, people were just so appreciative of how we collected and retold their stories. And then in October at Mass Towards Made Perfect, we received the Legal Innovation Award and were recognized for our work both as an ad agency and also for the work we did with Lawful Good. And that was really special. I, I had a moment. Um, I didn't know I was going to have an opportunity to talk at all. And I was given a brief little moment to share some thoughts and I shared a little bit, like I've shared prior on our first break week, about how like my own history with coming face to face with suicide and wanting to take my own life has really put me on a personal journey, a personal mission to invite as many people as possible into the story that they are good and beautiful, okay, and who they are as they are. And with this show, the goal is to show our beautiful shared humanity. 
how all like there's also these incredible stories that you know you can't believe this happened or i can't believe that happened but also how we are all humans going through this life together and that's what i wanted this show to collect and embody i remember at the beginning you know i had no fancy equipment i was just using a, a yeti mic uh to do my recordings and now i've got these nice i mean whatever i've got different boxes and cables and stuff on my desk and i remember you know those early interviews we recorded with what we had and then with mike and darren the first three when we were coming up to release dates at this point you know i was listening to i i think i probably listened to mike papantonio's episode 10 times and each time i had tons of little edits and, and we throughout this process worked with seven different editors till really landing on the ones that the two that we continue to use to this day and edited almost all of season one and for sure season two. And I remember it was the Sunday before June 9th when, um, and, and I, I'm trying, you know, I'm listening to these episodes over and over and over and I'm listening for all these feedback to give to the editors. And, and I think we were doing some of the editing internally because we had had other editors, but then fired them because we didn't like their products. So we we're last minute trying to scramble and get these episodes produced. And I'm my family, my wife and our two kiddos, we wanted to go kayaking on Sunday. And I thought, well, how about I just, you know, I'll I'll take my headphones and I'll listen to the podcast while we're kayaking down the river. And and, and I remember, <laughs> I remember I, I took some selfies just because it's kind of funny. Here I am and in and, and this kayak and I've got, you know, these, these um, noise canceling headphones on and I got, got two phones out. I got one phone that's playing the, um, the episode draft. And on the other hand, I got a phone, and I'm taking notes. And at one point a phone falls in the river and I'm getting in there to get it out. It was, it was wild. And again, you like, you listen to, Paps episode 10 times. And I'm not, I literally, I'm not kidding. It was 10 or 11 times. I think it was 10. And I think um, Anne's was when we landed, when we found Kendall. And Kendall was our editor who's done the vast majority of editing. He is just fantastic. When he gave us the first draft of Anne's episode, we were like, we have someone who gets what we're trying to do here. And it was beautiful. And uh, so I didn't listen to that one. I maybe listened to Anne's three or four times, um, Darren several more times because we were also producing his internally. And here I am, I'm spending like, I mean, it's like all every waking hour where I'm not getting other work done as I'm listening to these episodes, making notes, sending it over to whoever needs to edit it. And at first we spent over a hundred hours on those early episodes. I mean, it was ridiculous how much time we were spending. I think we've got it down now. I don't know for sure, but probably more like a 40 Depends on the guest, but maybe like 40-ish hour average. If we're interviewing someone who has uh, biographies like like Ben Crump or, or Brian Cuban, there's more time in, into the prep work. But for people who don't have biographies, uh, probably about 40 to 45 hours is our average time from prepping for the interview, interviewing people from their life, developing the questions, interviewing, and then the post-production. Oh, a few... A few comments from people throughout this process uh, uh, has been, it's been so rich to hear the feedback. Uh, one person shared that they said, you know, I found myself interesting, <laughs> which is a fun place to be. You know, like sometimes we don't stop and appreciate our own journey. And, and that's kind of what this process does is I'm, as an interviewer, I'm looking to collect the essence of who someone is. It's not just, you know, their biographical details, but it's like, who are they? What do they care about? And so some things people have said, in addition to that, you know, this was the most thorough interview I've ever experienced. 
And what's interesting is it's actually the people who have been interviewed the most that have actually had some of the highest praise for our product. And, and it's people who've been interviewed hundreds or thousands of times have loved it and, and appreciated both the experience and the final product. I've been told I'm an extremely gifted interviewer, which I've not interviewed people before. So there's, yes, there's some skill I have, a whole, a whole lot of skill for me to, to gain. Um, but what it's actually a testament of is the team and the process we have in place. I like it. Kirsten has been just a rock star in making this program happen. Without She conducts these interviews with other folks. Without her and the work we did on question development, there's no way I could show up to these interviews and be as good as I am without that. It's, it's yes, I've got a part to play. And yes, it's because of the team and the process that these are great. And why people have also said things like, you were so well prepared. Well, yeah, I was, because I've been supported by an incredible team. Others have said this was one of the best or the best interview of my life. Wow, what a powerful thing to hear from people, especially when some of those people are folks who've been interviewed hundreds, if not thousands of times. I had one person pull me aside at a uh, conference and said, Luke, that interview changed my life. And uh, this person went on to share some details about that. And wow, again, this show isn't for my guests. It's for the listeners. It's for you. This is why we do what we do. And what I love that in the process, we're also creating a beautiful special gift for the interviewee. I've heard so many times on the show, you know, I'm not sure I've ever shared this before or I've never shared this publicly. I had... One question in season three, which I assume is going to make it into the final edits. Uh, I asked a question and my guest goes, wow, you really did do your homework. I only one or two people in my life knows that story. <laughs> I, I just kind of kind of smiled, laughed a little and waited. And then sure enough, the person went on to share. People don't have to share on my show. There's no pressure from me. It's a space to share if you want to share. I had one person, one of our guests, email me a week after the interview. Luke, I keep thinking about our interview. Hmm. One of my favorite things is someone said, uh, and this was in the context of recommending another person to be on our show. They asked me questions about my experience and things that I care about. Mm, that is so on point with what I want our guests to experience, is that it's both about the things you've done, but it's also about the things you care about. When I'm sitting down and I'm, and I'm looking at the pre-interviews and the research, and I'm thinking, I'm looking at this guest, I'm thinking, what did they want the opportunity to talk about? My father, who helped with question development for the vast majority of season one, helped with giving me some language around how to ask certain questions. And I remember in one of my interviews, I was asking, it was with Ken Hardison, and I was asking him about his son who overdosed two, three years back. And I wanted to give him, among other guests, where you've asked about very sensitive topics, an opportunity to share if they want to share. And my father gave me this language of like, you know, that I put in front of it. Feel free to pass on this question. And then I ask it. It just kind of reminds people, hey, you don't have to talk about this, but if you want to, here's the space to. 
I've had some people kind of politely, you know, decline different questions. Again, no pressure. And because we do traverse the depths and complexities of human experience, I've had a lot of people tear up on our show. I don't know exactly how many, but probably at least a quarter of our guests have teared up at some point. Um, Sometimes it's tears of gratitude, tears of reflection, pain, sorrow. But this is the real part of the human experience. and, And that's what this show is about. It's really been a remarkable honor to get to hold this space and an opportunity for people to share. I love just having a good, beautiful, vulnerable, and authentic conversation, and our guests have shown up in full force. Now, also, I structure it with some careful thought when we prep these questions, and I'm not starting out of the gate with a... uh, what I expect to be a sensitive question. Those typically get later in the interview when I've had the opportunity to kind of really develop the rapport of that moment and what this space is for. Again, there's so much gratitude for me and from me to all of our guests who have been so generous. And that's actually one thing I ask people before we start is I ask people to be generous with themselves in addition to the time that they've set aside, because these are two-hour interviews, I'm asking for them to be generous with themselves, their thoughts, and their emotions. As we look ahead to 2022, which I'm not sure if this is every year, (laughs) but I'm kind of surprised that 2021 is already wrapping up. It's been a beautiful year. This podcast has been transformative for myself. It's been beautiful to share people's stories and and build rich relationships from it. We're right now in the middle of season two, which will be nine different guests. It's a little different because it's 18 episodes since we have a business spotlight with these folks, Um, but nine different releases. And then we'll have a break week segment coming up. And I actually am going to go into our process, I believe is is our plan right now. And I want to take you behind the scenes to see how we prepare for these interviews, how we map out questions. There's, I mean, I spend a lot of time on that. I go into each interview with roughly 80 to 100 unique questions. And then once season two wraps up, which I'm guessing will be around the end of February or beginning of March, or I guess actually season two will wrap up end of January, beginning of February. And then we will have some break weeks. And then we'll go into season three around the end of February, beginning of March. And we already tomorrow, uh, from when I'm recording this, so by the time you hear this, I will have nine interviews complete for season three. And wow, if season one was great, season three is right there. It's again, just lawyers, people with a JD. Season two was our powerful partners. Season one was folks with a JD. And we're back to that for season three. You are in for a ride. Everything from stories of loving pirates and surfing to stories of addiction, dealing with the loss of loved ones to suicide and the challenge of overcoming body dysmorphia. Wow, there's gonna be so, so much. The joys and the sorrow. Now, 
not gonna lie, most of this is probably more upbeat than than heavy. But yeah, there's a lot of rich, complex stories that we are going to be diving into in this upcoming season. And wow, am I excited. We've also got some cool ideas that uh, we're in the works with and some talks with different lawyers and we haven't unveiled this. And so strap in, we've got so much cool stuff. If you haven't subscribed already, get, hit that subscribe button because we got good, good stuff coming your way. We also have a live event we're gonna be doing, which is called Lawful Good, Better Together. And this is, oh, we actually, we did have it planned for end of February, beginning of March, and we postponed it due to COVID concerns. We will be promoting this event during our commercials, I believe, for season three. So you can stay tuned and you'll be able to hear a little more about it. It is gonna be unlike anything you've experienced. Listen, I'm gonna go so far as to say this event will be better than sitting on a beach or cruising in your yacht. Like this will be rich human connection in a legal format where you have never experienced this before. If you think these podcasts are amazing, just imagine what it's like when we take that to a live event. We've got all kinds of different speakers lined up and and total the, the agenda. You've not seen an agenda like this. Also, I have to tell you, there are no networking events. There's no networking receptions. The whole thing is a networking event. You will network with your peers, the people around you. You will build relationships in ways you don't at the rest of these conferences that you're used to attending. However, (laughs) there's no open networking receptions. And if you're like me, you're like, oh, thank God. (laughs) It's, uh, I don't like networking receptions. So if you're like me in that regard, gear up for some amazing relationship building where you don't have to wander around a room and hope you bump into somebody to talk to. Or maybe just hide in the corner and hope someone (laughs) comes and chats with you. Or maybe you hope no one comes and chats with you and it's a painful experience. Anyways, no networking receptions. How's that for a change? Also, fun little fact, we are pursuing guests at all levels. One of the cool things you might have noticed about our season one is our rich and intentional display of the human bouquet. Diversity of all types. And one of the things we've done is having people on the show who aren't as well known as other folks. And they don't, some people have big firms, some people have solo practices. And that is intentional. And that is some of the fun of this show is going out and finding these guests who have stories we want to share. Now, what's fun about that is we plan to always have that. And we're also, I expect to have big name, big, big, big name or well known people. I am pursuing interviewing Supreme Court justices. I actually, fun story, I got a decline from Chief Justice Roberts because I mailed a postcard. I mailed a postcard to the United States. Well, Kirsten did, um, but she mailed a postcard for us to the United States Supreme Court. (laughs) And we got a response from Chief Justice Roberts. I I actually, when I was in Washington, D.C., this was, I think, like very beginning of, of October. And I was at a conference. I thought, you know, I really want to meet this certain person at the Supreme Court who works there to see if she could um, just honestly, it was just a handshake, put a put a face to uh, an email exchange that we had had. And so I show up and I just, I just take an Uber over to 
uh, the Supreme Court, uh, go up to the door, press the button, and you know, security is like, uh, how can I help you? I was like, oh, hey, I'm here to see so-and-so. Who are you? I was like, oh, I'm Luke. Uh, you're going to have to give me more of that. That doesn't mean anything to me. Ah, Luke Russell. <laughs> I, I, I was nervous. I was awkward. And uh, long story short, I didn't, uh, the person I was hoping to meet with uh, either declined or just wasn't available. But it was uh, like, I'm doing all kinds of things to show up for various guests that we really want to have on this show that get a lot of asks or people who have a lot of restrictions in how they do interviews like a justice. And yes, we're pursuing this politicians of various levels, um, people in different kinds of practices. It's, it's a lot of fun. And there's definitely a challenge in that. But all the while, we're keeping this beautiful bouquet of rich, lovely flowers of different kinds of people, of different kinds of practices, with different kinds of backgrounds and experiences and bringing those stories here for you. Okay. You know, I honestly thought this might be like five to 10 minutes. I also had a list of things I wanted to talk about. Probably anytime I say, I just have a few thoughts. We should probably all know by now, it's probably more than a few. (laughs) You know, thank you to each and every one of you. I appreciate every single listener, every single person who has listened and, and, and I love every single piece of feedback I've gotten. I appreciate every single one of our guests. I appreciate the folks who tell others about us. I even I got an email today introducing me to a lawyer behind a particular effort and uh, with praising my interview style. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I think the person overstated my skill in the craft, but I appreciate the way the community has rallied around this, the way people are excited to participate in a live event the way people are generous and carving out time for these interviews and, and having folks from their lives talk with us, it has been amazing. So as we wrap up this year, I just want to say thank you to every single one of you. I love and appreciate all of you. As always, thanks so much for listening. This episode was produced by Kirsten Stock and mastered by Guido Bertolini. I'm your host, Luke W. Russell, and you're listening to Lawful Good 